Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Well, there was a bear bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hi, I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth, hyphen post on Tumblr, joined with Guile. Hi, I'm Guile. I tweet at Door Podcast. Cool. And we are jam-packed with guests this evening. We have Devin. Hi, I'm Devin, GD Harper on Tumblr and Twitter. And Crystal. Hi, I'm Crystal Rose 29 on Twitter. And Elise. Hi, I'm barely legible on Tumblr and barely underscore legible on Instagram. Thank you all for joining us as we continue reading Tyrion and Sansa chapters with um, a very depressing wedding in Sansa 3 from A Storm of Swords. And just so you know, everybody out there listening, we spoil everything. Okay, so the beginning of the chapter is Sansa being bathed and prepped and perfumed and put into her new dress. Um, Cersei is there and she orders for jewelry and her maiden's cloak. And it's kind of at this moment that Sansa realized what truly is transpiring. And she is stricken. Cersei informs her she's to marry Tyrion. She also tells her, cry if you must in your place. I would likely rip my hair out. He's a loathsome little imp, no doubt of it. But, um, but maybe you shall. I don't know. Marry him, you shall. Sorry, my writing's terrible here. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Marin Trant and Sir Osmond Kettleblack are waiting outside the chamber. Um, but it's Cersei's handmaid who catches Sansa when she makes a run for it. I kind of forgot she did that. <laughs> she literally bolted. <laughs> I mean, it just, I, I feel like, you know, from your discussion about the Kingsguard application, like, Marin Trant and the, whatever Kettleblack this is, would not have made it on their merits. They would have failed the interview portion and probably like the physical portion of the of the interview as well. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, like, they can't catch a thirteen year old girl. <laughs> 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 so a kettle black tells her, "Do as you're told, sweetling. It won't be so bad. Wolves are supposed to be brave, aren't they?" And then that kind of seems to give uh, Sansa some strength. She reminds herself that she's a Stark and that she can indeed be brave. Oh, it broke my heart. <laughs> I really yeah. hope that that's sincere. Like, I think that would be easy to read as like, oh, wolves are supposed to be brave. But I've always read it as like him actually being a decent sort of person in that moment. Like, it's it, it, you can be OK. I well, hope. And I think, yeah. And I mean, you know, Sansa has that moment when she's looking at herself in the dress and she's like, oh, you know, I can't wait for Willis to see me. And, you know, maybe he'll forget about Winterfell, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, then she kind of also talks about how, you know, other, like, how she's noticed men looking at her and stuff. And it's sort of that you kind of want, you kind of wish to say to Sansa, you know, like, any, like, any guy is going to be, like, pretty happy with you as a wife. Like, take Winterfell out of the equation, and most men would be, like, really happy with her. She's very pretty, very nice, kind, like, what more, you know, knows how to run the house, like, She's a really good catch. And I, you know, I don't know if Kettleblack is just kind of responding to Sansa in, you know, with kindness, which 
you know, in a rational world, most people would respond to her like that. Yeah. I Well, for what it's worth, I read that little moment with uh, Sir Osmond as a bit of kindness. Um, let's see. The last, the last very, one of the last little bits. <laughs> yeah, it quickly goes downhill from there. Um, I just want to take a moment. I know it's kind of unnecessary, but I have to go there. Did anyone else not find it weird that they perfumed her nipples? <laughs> Sorry, totally gratuitous. They were trying to get her ready ready for the wedding night already, even though the child didn't even know she was going to have a wedding night at that point. Isn't that not a pulse point, correct? I know. (laughs) I've never learned that that's a pulse point. (laughs) I thought the same thing, you know, back of the earlobes, your like your wrist, like under, you know, like under the breast, but not like the nipple. I mean, you know, yeah, the chest, the cleavage, but but not right. not nipples. This, this is one of those things where just men have. Sorry, Devin, but <laughs> they just don't have any clue at all, and it's yeah. not. And I can see where he so wouldn't want to like ask, like, hey, you know, I don't remember his wife's name, but you know, hey, do you? Did you do that? <laughs> and if you're editing a 13,000-page book or whatever the hell it is, I could see where you're like, I'm just going to let that one go. <laughs> Maybe it's his wife fucking with him. Oh, the nipples. Don't leave that out. It's important. <laughs> Devin's over here like, hashtag not all occasional gents. <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> So as mentioned, things just seem to get worse for Sansa as she learns Joffrey will be the one giving her away. And in true Joffrey fashion, he taunts her and threatens to give her to the pig boy or Illin Payne. <laughs> she starts to beg him um, to, you know, not have his uncle marry her. And um, he um, Tyrion then makes an appearance and uh, he has to have a word with Sansa privately. Tyrion tells Sansa he's sorry for the secrecy of the wedding, and she says, and if she says the word, he'll have his father arrange for her to marry Lancel instead. Sansa doesn't want to marry a Lannister, period. She wanted Willis uh, Highgarden puppies and a boat, goddammit. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So Tyrion tells her he's not Joffrey. She tells him she remembers his kindness. And with that, Tyrion offers her his hand and they head to the wedding altar. I'm surprised she didn't put up or even like, think about well consider Lancel a little bit here you know? me too especially me too, knowing he's like yeah. near death like you know in her case the best husband's a dead husband like just for the delay factor even right yeah and I I mean of all of the monstrous things that happen to Sansa this chapter the fact that you know Joffrey is acting as her father is just the most it's cool. Oh, the it's fact so that she cool. doesn't like fucking kill him right there. It's more like more restraint than I can ever imagine showing. Mm-hmm. I think she's trying really hard I th- to just try to carry herself through this with some class. You know, she's she's representing her father at this point and representing, you know, she's wearing her maiden cloak with the dire wolf on it. And she's really got it in her head. I'm a Stark. I've got to like a Stark. So she's going to try to pull this off and be classy and not do what I would want to do and kick Joffrey in the balls right now. Yeah, 
For yeah. anyone who gives Sans a shit, they really need to read this chapter over and oh, yeah. give her the freaking props she deserves. Yeah, that's what like I stuff, love. Yeah. That's what I love about this chapter. I mean, I'm sure we're going to get into it and I'm a like known Sansa stan, but like I I love that it's it's such a great example of that like uh, the the woman's courage and like you know she doesn't well she does kind of make a break for it we forgot about that but she doesn't do the aria move and like sneak off into the the sewers and run away like because that's just not how Sansa handles things and it is it's such a like even though it's so awful it's like okay you know what she's handling it with all of the grace and dignity that she can yeah it's like right. a war of mental attrition really for her Mm -hmm. And that's the case for most women that find themselves in unsavory circumstances. I mean, it's more realistic. Oh, okay. On that depressing note, Mm. um, in the wedding, uh, noticeably absent are the Tyrells. Sansa goes through the motions of the ceremony. Joffrey removes the cloak from her shoulders, squeezing her boob in the process, you know, for funsies. Tyrion pulls on her skirt and when she realized he wants her to kneel this is where we kind of get a little bit of uh you know a little resistance again and she refuses to bend down Tyrion tugs on her skirts twice more before joffrey orders dantos to act as a stool for his uncle well there joffrey's being a nice guy (laughs) 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 well and just i mean i didn't remember him copping a feel on her neither when he's taking her mane's cloak like you oh he's just repulsive and i love i love this i'm i'm endlessly bitter that it didn't make it into the show that she that they made her kneel Mm -hmm. you know because this was sansa's I don't owe you a smile moment. This was her like, no, I've been through enough and I, you've been nice to me, but that doesn't mean that I have to, to do this. Well, and you know, it mentions that she's crying this whole time too. So she's sitting, you know, she's up there crying and, you know, just her one, like her one thought about her, you know, her one thought there of, you know, no one, no one's given a shit about how I felt about this. Why should I worry? You know, like she does. Yeah. She says, why should I spare his feelings when no one cares about yeah. mine? Yeah. And it's like, yes, you you don't kneel. Love that so much. And that's one thing I've seen people, men, give Sansa shit about. And I'm like, what are you reading? <laughs> so you give her shit about that. Give her shit about, like, yeah, oh, like, like, having that feeling? Be right, nice yeah. to Tyrion, right? Yeah, like, oh, be nice to poor Tyrion. <laughs> yeah. It's a loser incels. Okay. <laughs> just, you know, the, her thoughts too about, you know, cause she, we know, you know, we know who Sans, you know, we know who Sans is and we know that she is kind of that, that girl that we know is, you know, if she was alive now, she would have, you know, a Pinterest, like a five or six year old Pinterest board of like wedding mm-hmm. plans, you know, yeah. way before she ever met the guy. Like, so like her wedding, you know, it means something to her. Yeah. And then, right. you know, not only is it, you know, not her choice, but then also like these moments that make a farce of it, like Tyrion standing on Dantos and just, you know, it's just awful. Like every dream at this point, it's like every dream's been ripped away from her, even like the smallest ones. There's like yeah, nothing. She's constantly thinking about that throughout the chapter as well. Like this isn't how I've imagined, you know, my wedding. Yeah. So once the cloak is fastened, she turns to face Tyrion. He's red with embarrassment. And this does shame her a little bit. And um, as he leans in for their 
first kiss, Sansa thinks Tyrion is uglier than the Hound. <laughs> At their wedding feast, the Tyrells are present. All ignore her except for Marjorie, who does give her a sad look. And uh, Tyrion eats little, but drinks heavily. Sansa is dreading the bedding ceremony, afraid that one rude joke will send her over the edge into tears. The music plays and dancing begins. Everyone seems to be having a good time, with the exception of the newlyweds. Cersei is dancing and laughing, and Sansa just can't help but think how much she hates her. <laughs> <laughs> same, Sansa, same. I yeah. thought of you, Guile. <laughs> <laughs> And just picture her just, like, yeah, glaring. Kind of, yeah, in that little scene, too, like, Cersei, she says Cersei is charming them all. She's throwing Mm -hmm. her head back and laughing. What does Cersei have to be so happy about after we know she's going to get married? Or, you know, her father orders her married. That's why I'm wondering, did did she maybe poison her father? I'm going back to that conspiracy again. (laughs) I mean, part of me thinks that Cersei's just happy that Sansa's not. Yeah, you know, because Sansa, Cersei's so bitter about her own arranged marriage that I feel like she gets happiness out of like screwing over another woman with an with a horrible arranged marriage. Yeah, yeah. So let's see. Um, Garland Tyrell asks Sansa to dance with permission from her husband, of course. And Tyrion answers, "She can dance with whoever she wants." Or she would have sung the safety dance. She can dance if she wants to. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I'm not even drinking. (laughs) There's like a little person in that video, too, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Yeah, there totally is. Oh, my God. The safety dance of Westeros is now. I'm going to be watching the video later. (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm moving on. Uh, Garland manages to make Sansa laugh, and it fills her with just a little bit of hope. He tells her that Tyrion will make a better husband than Loras. He is a bigger man than he seems, I think. And uh, I thought that was a curious little exchange that... I was going to ask if we could talk about that. Like, I... Who... What does he know that we don't know? Like, he just seems so knowing of the situation. But, like, is he really? I think that he is... You know, Garland's a soldier. And, you know, he was you know, a hero of the Blackwater, but he's like very much aware and he's talking, you know, there's scenes with him and Tyrion. I I don't know if it's, if it's now or later where he acknowledges, he acknowledges what Tyrion did on the Blackwater. So I think like he has some respect for Tyrion because he's been, um, you know, because he's been through the Blackwater with him. And so I think he, he carries a lot of that. At least that's, that's how I always took it. Mm -hmm. But I have a I have another question about this to get into some like maybe deep Tyrell theories is I I was thinking about the timeline here and so so here's Garland you know being very nice to Sansa and I and we know that Garland if he didn't actually physically poison Joffrey, like he was very much involved. Like it's either him or Olena that actually did the poisoning. So he knew. He knows what's going to happen. And you know, for him to be kind of pep talking Sansa about his wedding just seems really bizarre to me if he's involved in, you know, within the next couple of weeks basically in a plot that would frame Sansa and or Tyrion. Mm. So it makes me wonder like is that, you know, 
was that actually from the Tyrells? Or is that totally Littlefinger? Because the Tyrells, I mean, framing Tyrion for the Tyrells, like, that's just to blame someone. But, like, Sansa gets that poison in a in a Clash of Kings before she ever meets Olenna and before this idea of marrying, or at least before the Tyrells articulate this idea of her marrying Willis. So, like, the poison plot is already in place. Then they, you know, want Sansa to marry Willis, but that's not going to happen until after the Joffrey... Marjorie wedding so if they were you know if they were planning so either they were planning on framing Sansa but it makes no sense because they're also planning on her marrying Willis or like you know they weren't planning on framing anyone and this is all Littlefinger doing it so like just the uh, the the events don't make sense to me basically yeah so I was gonna I didn't think that they necessarily planned on framing Tyrion so much as like in the moment when it happened, it was more like, you know, Cersei's paranoia that she's like, well, obviously it's Tyrion because he's the one who, like, well, if he right. was just a convenient, like, oh, oh hey, let's And Littlefinger's the one that hired the, or, like, encouraged Joffrey to hire the dwarves, right? So it's like Littlefinger kind of ensuring that there's going to be some confrontation between Joffrey and Tyrion. Right, and everyone knows that, like, Cersei hates him and, you know, there's bad blood there. Like, you know, they already know that he has bad blood for not being given his dues after the Blackwater. Um, yeah. So it's just a bubble waiting, waiting to pop mm-hmm. with Tyrion. But I then, assumed yeah. that the deal with, with Sansa, the deal with Sansa marrying Willis was kind of just to get her cooperation. Like I always assumed. It was I don't a know. false. So you didn't think fatal? they really. I mean, I, I think they know, could they have be married so put her out. I don't know if I can get in behind that one, though, because the the, the thing about the Tyrells is they're all about gaining power and being ambitious, right? Like, I think having Winterfell would be too juicy of a prize. And it's a hedge in case Rob wins. I mean, that's the other thing is, like, Sansa married to Willis is an insurance policy for Loras and Marjorie. Yeah, it's just I kind of feel like. Like, it's kind of a mistake on the author's part. (laughs) <laughs> like Sansa shouldn't have gotten that poison in a Clash of Kings. How dare you, George? Never makes mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you think about it, that plot is just hanging by a thread. Anyway, I have never liked that. The whole okay, so she's you're going to give her this necklace. I don't know three weeks before, however long before this, and just bank on her wearing it. At the perfect moments, or sorry, it's a hairnet in the, um, yeah. you know, in the books. Yeah, like, a hairnet, yeah. Let's just assume, let's assume she's going to wear it in time for, who, like, I guess it's Olena who, unless, you know, meets her and, t- you know, it's just such a Like, flimsy. don't you picture Olena having, like, these, like, giant old lady rings? Like, couldn't they just use one of those? <laughs> Why could she just have it? Yeah. And just, yeah, just keep the poison with you. <laughs> I think they just wanted to keep it as far away from them as possible. I don't think that they cared... Uh, Sansa was an easy target because Sansa was, you know, so young and naive and trusting of them. But I think that if, they, if they hadn't even met her by the before she got the poison, so like the poison had oh. to have come from Littlefinger. That's yeah. I think. The Tyrells don't have anything to do with Dantos, who so also like Littlefinger. Yeah. Right, because Littlefinger also sees her as young and sweet and innocent. But you know, and then puts the poison on her. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Maybe he made like some sort of deal and in it he was going to get Sansa and then they kind of double crossed him by arranging or talking about this marriage and then he whisked her away. I don't know. Yeah. There's like a, yeah, it, it doesn't really all make sense. But. No. Oh, anyway, if you have theories, please feel free to write <laughs> yes, us that close the door and <laughs> or you this can up, explain you? it better than us. That would be great. <laughs> I will read it verbatim. (laughs) Okay, so Sansa's dancing with Garland, and then she's spun to another partner before she can uh, reply to Garland. She dances with Mace, Lord Merriweather, Tommen, and then eventually to Joffrey. He tells her not to look so sad that she can still have him. He's king, and he can order his uncle to bring him to her anytime he wants. You know, lots of kings have whores, basically. It's like, wow. Sansa finishes dancing when Joffrey announces announces that it is time for the betting. I have a selection. No sooner had the music died than she heard Joffrey say, It's time to bed them. Let's get the clothes off her and have a look at what the she-wolf's got to give my uncle. Other men took up the cry loudly. Her dwarf husband lifted his eyes slowly from his wine cup. I'll have no bedding. Joffrey seized Sansa's arm. You will if I command it. The imp slammed his dagger down in the table, where it stood quivering. Then you'll service your own bride with a wooden prick. I'll geld you, I swear it. A shocked silence fell. Sansa pulled away from Joffrey, but he had a grip on her, and her sleeve dripped. No one even seemed to hear. Queen Cersei turned to her father. Did you hear him? Lord Tywin rose from his seat. I believe we can dispense with the betting, Tyrion. I am certain you did not mean to threaten the king's royal person. Sansa saw a spasm of rage pass across her husband's face. I misspoke, he said. It was a bad jape, sir. Sire, you threatened to geld me, Joffrey said shrilly. I did, your grace, said Tyrion, but only because I envied your royal manhood. Mine is so small and stunted. His face twisted into a leer. And if you take my tongue, you will leave me no way at all to pleasure the sweet wife you give me. Laughter burst from the lips of Sir Osmond Kettleblack. Someone else snickered. But Joff did not laugh, nor Lord Tywin. Your grace, he said, my son is drunk, you can see that. I am, the imp confessed, but not so drunk that I can, cannot attend to my own bedding. He hopped down from the dais and grabbed Sansa roughly. When you read Joffrey sometimes, is it almost impossible to believe that he's Jamie's son? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like there's nothing of... Just the outward appearance, right? By he's all yeah. Cersei. Oh, he's just. <sighs> but you know, I wish that they now the the guy for like the show, I can't remember the actor's Gleason. name. He was Jack great. Gleason. Yes, oh, yeah. don't get me wrong, he was great. But I wish that he had been better looking because yeah. one thing that makes him even more terrifying, I think, in the books, like I think Sansa at one point says, like, "How can a monster dance so beautifully?" Yeah. Is that like he's supposed to be really good looking? You know, he's supposed to be very attractive, like. Cersei and, and Jamie. Huh. Not that I guess he's not. I mean, not to nitpick, but he just, you kind of looked at him and you're like, oh, what a shriveled little weasel, you know? <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Yeah, one? like he never plays like, a, he's, he never is really a romantic lead. But I mean, part of that too is like, we never see him that way. Like there's no, there's no reveal where it's like, oh, Joffrey's super nice. And now he's revealed as a dick. Like he's kind of a mm-hmm. dick from the start. Mm-hmm. Right. If he would have just had Nikolai's flowing blonde locks from the beginning, you know, <laughs> then we could have pegged him. Yeah, just, that, that's Jamie's son. 
Great casting. They could just have young Nikolai play, like, <laughs> place him in there. CGI. Yeah. <laughs> CGI him from that sausage commercial. <laughs> what? There's some, there's some sausage commercial with, like, a very young Nikolai, and it's, yeah, he's blonder than blonde and just, you know, like, very, you know, he was a very beautiful young man. Like, not, I mean, he's definitely better looking, I think, as, like, his current age was goofy he was like very pretty as yeah. a younger man like actually more jamie like i think yeah but just think how bad that would look you remember how princess leia looked at the end of rogue one come on now <laughs> no yeah. i don't and i am proud to say i do not <laughs> <laughs> do you even know who it was princess good leia is? <laughs> she's so the one with I the buns a- right sorry <laughs> I have another question about this part. I was I was thinking about this after I read the chapter. Um, Sansa dances with Tommen, and Tommen's like, I want to be married. And, you know, she mentions that he's nine, and we know that Sansa's 13. And I was just thinking, like, how come they didn't marry her to Tommen? Like, I, I get that they want, you know, the marriage consummated, but, you know, 13 isn't really in this society no one's having kids at 13 so i mean the idea that sans is going to pop out some baby at 13 is sort of like not consistent with anything else that's happening in westeros so it it seems like they could have you know done that and which really would have i mean the thing is it really would have fucked the tyrells because they wouldn't have been able to kill off joffrey then until marjorie had a kid oh god that would have been a total change of plans well, and yeah. also, if you think about it, if they hate Tyrion so much, why give him Winterfell? Winter, yeah. Well, yeah. Hmm. I do want to come back to the not having babies at 13, though, because I have a thought about that. But I feel like we can, because later there's, like, other stuff, so we yeah. can get to that later. But um, the gross stuff is then, yet to come. There's, <laughs> there's gross stuff yet to come, so we'll see. Yeah. Did Tywin dance with Sansa? Does anyone remember that? Tywin danced with Cersei, and I would yeah. have loved to have seen that on the show. Yeah, they were yeah. dancing, Tywin. Okay. And, Tywin and Cersei, I don't think he danced with well, Sansa. With Sansa, which is kind of weird, too. Like, why wouldn't he have danced with Sansa? That seems like not only is it, you know, he marrying, he he's her father-in-law, and also he's the hand, you know, like, it just seems like a really odd, like, why wouldn't he? Yeah. Of all the things to quibble about, that's I know, it's pretty I know. low on my list for this. It's really chapter. minor. But it just seems like it seems weird, and it seems it like it weird. would have been a fun interaction to write. Hmm. Yeah. Like what you know? What would they have? You know? I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like what would they have talked about in that you know thirty seconds or whatever? I'd hmm. like to know. Would either of them have even said anything? No. I, I don't kind of feel so. like they wouldn't. They have nothing to say to each other. <laughs> so let's see. So yeah, with that, Tyrion and Sansa avoid the bedding ceremony. And in their wedding chamber, the ever-dutiful Sansa chugs wine and asks Tyrion if she should start getting undressed. Or just asks if he wants to undress her. Instead, he talks a bit of Taisha in his first wedding. He asks how old she is and is a bit dismayed when he learns that she's not even quite 13 yet. So that's another thing. But when the moon turns, she'll be 13. So she's actually 12 12. here. She's only three years older than Tommen. God's have mercy is his reply as he finishes his wine. And then he pushes ahead to the task at hand. Sansa fumbles out of her clothes and his at his command. And then when she's naked... um, 
he calls her a child. She tries to cover her breast and she tells him that, you know, she's flowered. Tyrion admits he wants her, tells her he is no worse than other men in the dark, and goes on about some of his other positive traits, and all that does is elicit pity out of Sansa. And uh, Tyrion drains his wine and commands her to get into the bed. She tries to pull the covers up over her, but Tyrion tells her no. He hops up on the bed and then touches her. She closes her eyes and wonders what to do next. Tyrion tells her to open her eyes and then promises her that he will wait for her to want him. And Sansa takes a good hard look at her husband, willing herself to find something positive about him that she can like. Um, she works up the courage to say, and if I never want you, well, that's why the gods made whores. And then that brings us to the end of one hell of a depressing chapter. <laughs> uh, so, so the line about whores is what got me thinking about this whole, like, he seems so bothered about her being so young. And it just, it's odd because... Sansa has spent her last few chapters talking about, or I guess other people, I don't know, you know, talking about how womanly she looks and she's developed breasts and she's, this is a woman's gown. And, and I get it that she's 12 and that she's not actually 13. But I mean, I kind of feel like from the standards of this universe of this world, you know, 13, I mean, if you're flowered that that's when girls are being married off. I mean, it's not, it's not that crazy. It's not, it doesn't seem like it's common like that, that young, but like, it's not so crazy. Um, and it's like, what are the rules? Because you've got toddlers being married to people right. for their land and they're like, Oh, she's nursing still, but it's fine when she's <laughs> older. She'll, you know, whatever. And then you have this. So when well, here's what I was getting at to with the horse is like, you know, we want to, we're meant to, I think, we're meant to feel like Tyrion here is being, I don't know, chivalrous or something like, Oh, I'm oh, look at me. I'm not going to have sex with a 12 year old girl, but <laughs> here's the deal. If he is as wealthy as this family is supposed to be, and he frequents brothels and whorehouses, do you think that he has been sleeping with the old haggard, like whores? No, he's mm. probably been having the young beautiful ones because they're expensive. Do you think he would have the cheap ones? So like in my mind, there's not a universe where this character hasn't already well, been having sex with 12 right. and 13 year old girls. Well, you know what I'm saying? How old is Shay? I mean, Shay's like 13 or 14. She's yeah. She's not much older than Sansa. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like on one hand, you're like, okay, great. Um, you know, good for you, Tyrion. But also why, why is he drawing the line here? Because I could also have seen this whole scene going a different way. And I did see when I first like read this, I saw the scene going totally different where Tyrion would have kind of basically wooed her and been like, look, I'm an experienced lover and I can make this pleasant or something like that. Even though it wouldn't be pleasant for Sansa that he would have, I don't know, tried some move, you know? Yeah. I don't think it was <sighs> the age thing. I honestly think it was that part where she, you could see obvious pity in her face. And I think he recognized it would be something he would have yeah. seen. And I think I that... actually, go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, I think the boner don't lie in this chapter, you know, <laughs> he, he was ready to go. And I think, yeah, I don't think it's meant to show Tyrion being chivalrous at all. Like I think it, I think this particular chapter is written from Sansa's POV, like very specifically to like, show how awful it is and mm -hmm. you know the 
I mean, Tyrion, he has her undressed. He's got a big old boner. She can <laughs> describe his penis in quite a bit of detail. Yeah. And he gets on top of her, cops a feel, and then, like, decides not to have sex with her. Like, well, that's really fucking awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think to what Elise said about the difference between the, the young, beautiful whores and Sansa is that the young, beautiful whores want him, or at least, yeah. you know, act yeah. like they want him. He's got money, and, and, you know, they're afraid Littlefinger or whoever is, you know, running the whorehouse is going to kick them if they don't get in there and do their job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Sansa is terrified she's got goose pimples she's trying to hide under the blanket she's keeping her eyes squished shut as hard as she can till he tells her look at me so she's afraid and he sees that fear and that pity or even he sees the fear and it changes to pity and that that turns him off yeah if this was written from Tyrion's POV it would be him like he would be mad that a 12 year old doesn't want to sleep with him. Like that's what it would look like coming from his POV. Like he would be mad and like, you know, upset about it mm-hmm. and then just shrug it off or something, I guess. But yeah, it's, uh, it took me forever to read like the last page and a half. It took me like 10 minutes. Yeah. I, I actually quit yesterday and came back to it this evening before we started yeah. this. I'm like, okay, uh, I needed it. I break. mean, really, this is like the, you know, the worst part about this, these fucking books is, I mean, this isn't anywhere near the worst wedding night that we read about. <laughs> In the realm of wedding nights, this is actually like Ugh. not that bad compared to, you know, some other ones we see. So I kind of have a two-part question that's popped into my head. Of one, I mean, is there okay? Well, I, so I have kind of a, a little—it's not even a fully formed theory, but like I don't feel like George is done with this Tyrion Sansa relationship. No. Um, cause he marries them and then, you know, the, you know, everything happens at Joffrey's wedding. And so she's still technically married to him. And then even on like the show, they've continued to kind of remind you, Oh, Hey, remember that she was married to Tyrion. So like that kind of still stands. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like he's totally done with it. But I guess my question is like, if we're, if we're going, okay, this is what changes it. It's like, I guess why, you know, like one, why, why would he want to cultivate something with Tyrion and Sansa? And why does he keep pairing Sansa with these like scarred, grotesque men between him and the Hound? I yeah, mean, there is definitely a theme that seems to be going on. Is it like more of that beauty and the beast thing that he's yeah. trying to play with, but it's I, like the other side of the coin. <laughs> That's the only logical conclusion I can come to. But I, I agree with you. I don't think this is the end of Sansa and Tyrion. And... Yeah, I don't like I said, I don't have a theory of where he's going with it, but it just yeah, I feel like he spends so much time. And again, because as I was rereading, I was going, well, what's stopping him from because I mean, we, we know now that Tyrion is very much uh, capable of raping someone and, you know, like it wouldn't be outside of the norm for him to force, you know, husband's right on her, even if he were to be nice to her. Or is it, well, you know, my father wouldn't let me have Taisha. And so now that you've given me this bride who checks all the boxes, I am not going to come. Cont- you know, I don't know. I, I Could be a of- bit of that, too. Could be. Because he even says, you know, the hell with my father. Um, could be a little bit oh. of that. 
Can we read the little passage on how he describes um, Lady Taisha? Because I actually highlighted it because I thought it was really sad and I didn't catch it the first time. I just caught it. Go for it. Um, Because Sansa asks, um, who was she, my lord? Uh, She was curious despite herself. Lady Taisha, his mouth twisted, of House Silverfist. Their arms have one gold coin and a hundred silver upon a bloody sheet. Ours was a very short marriage, as befits a very short man, I suppose. But he just, I love, I, no, I don't want to say I love it because it's awful, but where he says, like, he creates this coat of arms. It's very uh, just, poetic picture he paints of yeah. something really fucking awful. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Okay, um, well, well, I think we should probably wrap this one up unless anyone has any parting shots. Anything you wanted to contribute? Speak now. I'm so or- sad. So sad. I think that's <laughs> genu- genuine. This poor child. They stole her dream from her and gave her Tyrion and his ugly purple cock. So. <laughs> Oh, we agreed we Wait. weren't going to talk about it. I just had to, I could not help it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I like, though, that, I mean, in, uh, I know it's hilarious, but, we, but in all seriousness, I, George had to go out of his way to have Sansa think it was the only thing that was straight about him. <laughs> it was his penis. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. <laughs> Poor Devin. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Kyle, do you have any mail? We do. We have a couple of pieces that address your questions about Tyrek Lannister. So, oh, good. Um, we have a Tumblr message from Miss Bubbles who says, I would certainly not be surprised if Varys organized for Tyrek to be kidnapped during the riot so that when the latter stages of his long-term plan come to pass, he would have a Lannister in his pocket to either use as a bargaining chip or to brainwash and do his bidding. And then we also had an email from Lazy Cat, who kind of expresses, she expresses some of the same theories, but then a couple more things. I'm going to read this from Lazy Cat. Dear ladies and occasional gentlemen, loved last week's episode. Since you asked for Tyrion Lannister theories, one of the most reasonable ones I've read is the Heirs in the Shadows theory. And there's a link to um, Wars and Politics of, of Ice and Fire, um, their site, which we can put on our Tumblr that Varys plans to set up Tyrion as a puppet Lord of the Westerlands who will support Egan's invasion and has the right bloodline to command loyalty from his bannermen. But here's another one. What if Tyrion in his final moments ripped apart and cannibalized by the starving mob in King's Landing managed to warg into a nearby bowl of brown? <laughs> okay. I'm probably going to say no to that last yeah. one. <laughs> oh my God. I'm sorry I made that one up. Um, I do appreciate so that. Oh, go ahead. Another theory suggests that Tyrion was the handsome blonde boy Arya gives mercy to in the House of Black and White, but, but that would be so anticlimactic. So it seems like, you know, I think, and I agree, the most common one I've heard is that this is a um, a Varys plot, basically. Hmm. Why Varys? Is there is it just because he's sneaky and that's just the natural conclusion, or is there some kind of indicator that... I, yeah, I think it's more of a general sneakiness. Hmm. Oh, that doesn't seem very Varys. Usually he has a, I don't know, he's not just sneaky for sneaky sake, like oh. little finger. He's got a long game, always. Mm-hmm. So um, Lazy Cat has, a couple, has another question, too. Um, 
here's a question that bothers me during the Tyrion reread. Tywin's orders to Tyrion about his marriage to Sansa don't seem to make sense. He first tells Tyrion that he only needs to consummate his marriage once so that the High Septon can annul the marriage and can leave her alone for a few years after that if he wants. But later on, he tells Tyrion to find his wife's bed more often and get poor Sansa pregnant. Why does he change his mind? Is there a reason for it, like the North potentially becoming too unstable after the Red Wedding, requiring a Stark heir, or is it just a slip-up by um, by George? Mm. I think maybe it was just a method on Tywin's part. It's like, look, you just got to do it once, and then you can leave her alone for years. But then after it's been done, it's just like, come on now, let's get moving. <laughs> like, you know, you kind of trick the seal, them. Just keep going. Yeah, no. you've already did it once. What's the big deal? Right. <laughs> he was planning the Red Wedding at the time, so maybe as his plans were coming together, he was thinking, okay, let's make sure we've got the North sewed up and got Winterfell. Let's get Sansa knocked up. Go. I mean, that's always, that's always kind of the game. It's like, you need heirs, period. You know, so that's always been, I feel like Tywin's talking point. Yeah. That makes sense. So then we have a final question, which is like one of my favorite questions we've ever gotten, because I don't know that we've ever talked about this. Um, we have an email from Rana who asks, Hi there. I've always wondered about the name of your podcast. What's the base reference of close the door and come here? <laughs> <laughs> well, so <laughs> go ahead. You feel it. So, well, do you remember? Cause I, I wasn't originally on the podcast a lot. So do you remember how you came? Like, I think there's two questions. How did that name come, come about? And then we can get to the, what the name references. So, well, um, do you remember how you chose that name? I didn't choose it. It was actually Chicky that chose okay. the name of the podcast. Okay. And, um, the, where it comes from is from the chapter when, uh, it's Jamie gives Brienne Oathkeeper and he says to her, close the door. Close the door and come here. Very and, um, like, no. <laughs> Well, and I, I think, like, honestly, because the podcast would have started, the podcast started with, I think, the first episode of the fourth season. So I think that everyone expected that line to be in the show. And, like, given how they played that scene, it, it really actually could have been kind of sexy. <laughs> and then it was, you know, completely not used, which I think, in well, I mean, Dave and Dan didn't know what we were going to do to them back then. <laughs> Well, there no, weren't even fucking be. doors in that scene, as I recall. They were like two open, like, arches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there were no doors to close, damn it. <laughs> but, they don't even get us started on the fucking table. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that oh. poor table. Poor Santa and the poor table. <laughs> the table. Oh. So, yeah, I think we kind of thought that this was like one of the ship catchphrases and that it was never used in the show. So people that don't know the books are, have no idea what we're talking about, which kind of makes me like it more. Yeah, me too. Although like it feels more exclusive. It's easy to mess up because like whenever you see people recommending podcasts, they're always like, you should check out Shut the Door. <laughs> Come here. <laughs> Shut the door and go there. <laughs> Shut the door and go over there. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I still think we might have to play the concept of changing it to the occasional gents. <laughs> Although I think the occasional gent sounds like a bluegrass band. Like <laughs> five wenches and the occasional gents. I don't know. Six wenches. <laughs> well, is that it for us? 
That is it. That was some fun mail. We like that. So more Tyrick Lannister theories, please, because I wasn't satisfied with those guys. Try again. (laughs) (laughs) No, they're great. Thank you. (laughs) You can send us messages at close the door and uh, close the door and at gmail.com. Close the door and come here.tumblr.com. You can follow us on Twitter at door podcast, or you can also follow us on Facebook please consider supporting this podcast on Patreon. Like, review, subscribe, wherever you may listen. Thank you so much, panel. This was a really fun one. (laughs) And uh, that's going to bring us to the end. So closing the door, get out.